This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race recap show for season 14, episode 1, titled Big Opening Number One. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one magniloquent co host. First, from the podcast pod is my co pilot. Please say. Sometimes I feel like I'm just swallowed in the darkness that's in my head. <laughs> To Taylor, the latte boy. Taylor, the latte boy, I have to give it to you. I didn't think you were going to be able to join me for that uh, parody song. I and Yeah, well, you know, I've been practicing me, 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 and, yeah. and was, able, was able, glad I was able to join you on that collaboration. Thank you very much. Taylor, the boy, how are you? Nice to have, nice to hear the dulcet tones of Taylor, the latte boy back on the Afterthought Media Airways. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I am. Ex- I'm excited. <laughs> you always. We'll start see how I am excited. by episode. We'll see how yeah. I am by episode eight. But I'm excited now. <laughs> yeah, yeah when, uh, and episode eight when you're like, we're only halfway done. <laughs> there's still 17 girls. How are we eight episodes yeah. in and there's still 17? Girls? Well, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised to see if they eliminated someone today, even though like I'm suspicious. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Uh, I. Okay, I'm curious. To, I am curious to your uh, theories. But I don't sure. have any theories. I'm just suspicious. Mm. I don't trust them. That's so we, the we've experienced PTSD. <laughs> where yeah. we're just become where we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, loud gonna, noises. We both have a hyper startle ex- uh, experience. Yeah, where it's going to be like RuPaul decided it was all a dream, and she brought all the girls back or something like that. <laughs> oh God! By the way. <laughs> That's how we're starting the season. Yeah, oh, God. That's how we're starting. <laughs> you know, um, believe it or not, I have an Orion story story. Already? I already have an Orion story story, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I, I might know what it is, but I... I think on my Twitter post? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I Yeah, I know. Um, I have it interrupted. Well, yeah. Let me talk about it now. Let me talk it. about it now. <laughs> okay. This Orion story on her... In our Twitter, she wrote, uh, something about how, oh, this, this RuPaul chocolate bar. Like, I'm craving it. I need, I love chocolate. I need this, this chocolate bar. Going on and on about the RuPaul chocolate bar, the $11 mm-hmm. chocolate bar, right? And so I just wrote, <clears throat> I just replied. I was like, oh no, is it going to be a whole season of this shit? <laughs> They're all talking about <laughs> how amazing the, uh, the RuPaul chocolate bar is, right? Well, you right. know what I need to do? I need to go get one of these chocolate bars. And I'm going to try it on the air. I'm going to tell you if it's good chocolate or not. Where do you get them? I know you can get them in LA. I think there's a World of Wonder store or something around here. I don't know. It used to be where okay. you could get them. In the early days, they'd always have drag queens doing uh, meet and greets to go buy the chocolate. If you bought a chocolate bar, you got to, you know, meet Madame Laqueer or something. But... Um, <laughs> 
Who, by the way, for like, eleven dollars, that's too much. But then they'd be like, they'd be like, wait a minute, who ate all the chocolate? And Madame McQueer would be there, <laughs> like, with chocolate all her mouth, going like, did you mean Beaver or you know, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Anyway, Three minutes uh, we're already making fat jokes. Okay, yeah. Which, by the way, she's lost a tremendous amount of weight. Very proud. Has of her. she? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember I went to one of the finales. You know, that's always the awkward thing with the finales is, you know, you go and you see these queens. And you're like, oh, my God, there's Mrs. Kasha Davis. Especially when, you know, when, when I go, like, I, I go in the special, you know, hoi polloi. Mm. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't say hoi polloi. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there with, you know, like Manila and all the – and then at the end when you're leaving, when everyone – that's when it becomes equal and, you know, like – and – uh that uh, this James Mansfield tried to get an Uber, right? I just remember mm-hmm. wa- like walking by, and and Madame Laqueer's just randomly standing there waiting for someone to pick her up. I don't know who it was. It was just sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was sad. It was just, just poor Madame Laqueer, no one to pick her up. Uh. Anyway, by the way, Taylor. Yes. As you know. We have a Patreon, you know. Yes, and uh, I gotta tell you, it's so good. This Patreon, people love this Patreon, and I, you know, I'm always talking about. And this is true. If you join the premium level, you get this show uh, live, commercial free, like two mm-hmm. or three days early. You get it. You get so much just for that five dollars. But I think one of the things I think you can talk about this, and this is one of the things that people tell me privately, you know, on the on the Discord, is, and I don't think I sell this enough, is what an amazing, amazing community we have here Afterthought Media. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's one of the things I'm proudest of. I'm being honest. Um, people who interact with them will tell me privately. That how amazing that community is. Taylor is very bitchily drinking something from a straw as if I'm telling bullshit. No, I'm not. I'm just drinking. I'm trying to not like rattle the the coffee into the microphone. So he did I was in a very shady way. Very anyway, I, because I because I'm sitting on a straw and listening to you and reading the Discord. I'm reading what people are writing right now. This is how you want to start the season. Fuck off! I quit. Now, anyway, so. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'm go well, guys, that's the end of Shady Pines. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. We had we had a host on our Golden Girls podcast, and the season one quit in the middle of the show. Wait, no, wait. Actually, in theory, he didn't. The other he one quit did. at the end of the show. Yeah, the other one did. Yeah. Anyway. So, <laughs> you guys, again, this is the big plug for Patreon. There is so much drama and all this nonsense that goes on, <laughs> on Patreon that the people on the public feed never hear about. Right? Right. They just hear these shows. They don't know that you know, people are quitting and having tantrums on the air, including me. I'll have a tantrum oh, yeah. on the air once a year. There's the, the yearly Joe Batanz tantrum where <laughs> people are blocked and all this stuff. But, um, but, but, you know, who doesn't? The, the community is so amazing, so welcoming, so, uh, wonderful. And, and, and by the way, they don't just talk about drag race. There's, um, uh, um, there's myriad topics that they talk about on the Discord, yeah. ranging of all kinds of reality television and music and food and their lives. 
And it's actually thing, it's, it's wonderful people. And, and I express it specifically because look, we're just a small fraction of the drag race fandom, but we're a nice drag. If you go on this Reddit or Twitter, they're, they're hateful bitches on there. And yeah. We don't seem to have that at Afterthought. No. Other than Lori. <laughs> yeah, Lori and me, you know? The people on the shows are the ones who are the hateful bitches, but the, the actual right. community is nice. I'm gonna try and bring yeah. them on to like talk about it, but yeah. So if you want, if you're interested, if, if you have no friends and you're lonely during the, during this pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, $5 is all it, actually just $3 if you join at the basic level, but $5, you get this show early, commercial free, live shows. And then you can choose to go up from there too. Uh, go over to patreon.com slash afterthought media and join at the, that level. Taylor, <clears throat> uh, you've been well. It's been a few months since we've seen you. Everything good? Yeah. No, things have been really good. Work was really nuts. Pardon the pun through the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in mental health. So yeah. given everything that's going on in the world, <laughs> it was a little bit, things seem to have settled down a little bit. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm glad to have, I took a break from obviously both this show, but also Pod is my co-pilot. We took our usual winter hiatus and we're slowly starting to get back into things. And oh, you just reminded me. Yeah, go ahead. Looking forward to having a very productive year. I started walking and exercising again. You kept me company yesterday for mm-hmm. oh, my walk. For you, you kept me company for three miles yesterday. We mm-hmm. were talking on the phone and mm-hmm. I was scaring neighbors when I was throwing my head back and laughing at some of the things you were saying. So. Mm-hmm. Always enjoyable. You know what we should have talked about that you just reminded me of right now, guys. This t- what a what a prima donna this Taylor Latte boy is. Do you know Taylor? I don't think you know this that for us to do the show this season to accommodate Taylor, we need two producers. We have two producers <laughs> of Drag Race Recap now. We have Zach and Luke are both, which I got to tell you, and I'm telling you this now, Taylor, in public, and I'm telling everybody, but I told them mm-hmm. privately already. I was so impressed by both of them last night. So everyone knows, Taylor, and I want to explore this a little bit, just a little bit, because we got to get into this show. I want to explore this just a little bit. This, this, cause this is my perception. This is my perception. Okay. Okay. This is what, to, in my perception, this is what you do. Okay. <laughs> On Friday night, you and your husband cuddle up and watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Which you would do anyway, regardless of whether you did the show. Right. And then you go about your life, and then you wake up in the morning and have your coffee. And what do you have for like? What did you have for breakfast this morning? I have. Well, I'm drinking a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee, sugar light cream, Mm -hmm. and I had a coffee roll. Okay. And then you turn on your microphone, and you chat with your buddy for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Then you turn off the microphone. You never think about the show again until next Friday night when you with your what you would do anyway, watch the show with your husband, guys. Every year, it is negotiations. Like, oh, oh, God, I don't know. I don't know if I could do this show. I don't know. To the point where I have to get two producers because he was like, <laughs> "I well, if I don't do it Friday, because he wanted to do it Friday night. And I'm like, that, that it's impossible for me to make that happen. But I'll wake up. I woke up at the butt-ass crack of dawn, which I don't mind. I should wake up early. 
And it was not even light. There was darkness. Um, but like last night we have our, our elves were just like Luke. <laughs> Luke is like Stephen J. Cannell at the, at the, after the episode. He's like typing the outline and throws the paper in the air. After an episode of Hardcastle and McCormick. Yeah. yeah. After Hardcastle and McCormick or like, uh, did he do the one with the fat guy in the wheel? This cannon? Did he do cannon? I don't think he did. I know he did, uh, Hunter. A team. On an A team. And he, did he do Mag PI? He may have. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but for, for people younger than 45 years old, <laughs> Stephen J. Cannell was a TV producer. And at the end of every episode, there was a video of him typing on a typewriter. And then he uh-huh. would rip the, the paper out of the typewriter and throw it in the air. And then an animated version of the paper would float onto a, a, a pile of pages. That would then turn into a C that would show Cannell Productions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> There's uh, a gif of that that will end up in the Discord soon i am sure so uh but that's what i'm saying like luke has to do that and then (laughs) zach has to run by like jimmy olsen and catch it and then he's go and he's like you know running and he's like typing you know like they're they're they're, uh they've now become the woodward and bernstein of the show right you offered to okay and i when we had this conversation i was in the car yeah. driving probably to target with yeah. my husband in the car and uh-huh. i purposely when he started to say something i put my, like don't say anything because i want to witness to the fact that we had this conversation and you offered without me saying i need to do it at like 9 30 my time well, no 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 i've never said that you said we had to do it early okay but it's like but but my oh wait i oh Jordan oh, Darling in the Discord Darling has found the Jeff. <laughs> I'm watching it right now. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> but I will say, my entire life, I've never noticed you did that. It formed the pages form a C. I never yeah. noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That was Luke yesterday, right in the outline. <laughs> They're making it look like the Stephen J. Cannell is like writing like Shakespeare. It was a horrible, these horrible shows about like, you know, like B.A. Baracus having to eat like a hamburger that was full of like sleeping pills because he didn't want to get in the airplane. You know, like the horrible shows. There were all these just horrible procedural cop dramas. <laughs> yeah. Of a, of a gristled veteran. Yeah. All these people, these rejects. Anyway, what have we turned into, Taylor? This is what this show is about. <laughs> But anyway, like, but like, but even now, and I don't want to get too much into Taylor's personal life. Because now I thought about this more. I'm like, I, I, so now I'm letting you off the hook. I was like, oh, it's not Taylor. It's the husband. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, it was so many to go. It was like, it was like, uh, we were like at Malta. You know, trying to negotiate a peace agreement to get Taylor to do this show. I'm like, what is what? What's so hard about it? Anyway, this week, seven queens sashay into the workroom and compete in a freaky photo shoot. Next, the queens showcase their skills in the charisma, nerve, and talent show. In the end, Cornbread is named the winner of the challenge, while June Jambalaya and Orion Story are placed in the bottom two. After a lip sync battle for their lives, June is show- told Shantae you stay, while Orion Story is asked. To sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, go ahead and name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I 
was really I walked away from this episode very happy. Okay. I was glad to see one of the things that I liked is that it felt like a regular premiere. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all of the twists and turns. I mean, the mm-hmm. closest that we come to it being a twist was that it was only the first seven girls. Mm-hmm. But you and I have talked extensively about how why one of the mm-hmm. reasons that we think season six is as beloved and such a great season is when they did that for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I loved that there was that. And I love that somebody went home at the end of it. It wasn't the way we've done it the last couple of times with two top two girls doing the best and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, that was one of my favorite things. One of the other things I loved, I can sum up in three words. Yeah. Cornbread, cornbread, cornbread. Now, what about the drag queens? Do you have any thoughts on the show? (laughs) Oh, I liked her too. I liked her too. (laughs) But... (laughs) I I fell in love from the I love fell in love in the Meet the Queens and was pleasantly because sometimes you see the Meet the Queens and you get a you don't get the right perception. Yeah. I feel like we're getting we're we're getting what we see with cornbread and I'm here for it. I mm-hmm. absolutely loved her through the entire thing. My husband laughed through any time that she said anything funny, like he was he was belly laughing and mm-hmm. and just really really great. The thing that I did not like was and unfortunately i have a feeling we're going to see this for at least a little while and that is willow pill rupaul saying her name that way willow pill is going to be the ivy winters of this season but not the not the the drag queen talking about the way no not says her name not the drag queen the way rue is saying her name is super annoying Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that i did not like how about you What I'm going to say right now, the first thing I'm going to say, I, I can already hear what you're going to say. It's like, it's, I have a whole movie in my head <laughs> where I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, I turned to Babalu and I said, blankety, blankety, blank, right? This Alyssa Hunter as a boy is so fucking hot. Okay. That's okay. The, that's the first thing I like. That's it. I'm not argue, I'm not arguing that point. I will say this. I will say not to be shady. She's very hot. I want everyone to know this because everyone gets super sensitive when you talk about hot people, right? She's super hot. You can tell there's some work has been done. She, <laughs> you think? Yeah. It, but so <laughs> she's she's uh she's uh we're seeing the early. Did you see these two French twins died? Uh, in France, they're like, I guess they were famous French personalities. I mean, maybe someone could put a, a, a picture of them in Discord. And they would have been like years ago, I wouldn't say handsome in, in, originally, but they were like, they looked one way 30 years ago and now look like, ah, you know, <laughs> and, um, and they died, uh, both of coronavirus. They were, they were, vax- they were anti-vaxxers. Okay. And I think we're seeing the future of, uh, Alyssa Hunter and those, and those twins. I think that's what she'll look like in 20 years. Okay. But, I've seen pictures of them before. Yeah. I saw, Lauren S. just posted a picture of them. And they're both dead? Yeah. They both died within a few days of each other. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and so – oh, Travi says that the, the twins uh, said that they never had any work done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily the case. And they both look like they're plotting to take over Gotham City. Yeah, so they really, really that's... do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um, 
Yeah. So, uh, but, but, but still at the stage is very, very handsome. Yes. Thank you. The other thing I like is, you know, this is the first cast I have seen since I can remember, even though season 12 might have been like, I don't remember though. Um, we're at, well, again, we've only seen half of them, but this half of the cast is very likable. I don't think there's anybody yes. that I don't, I'm like, ugh, you know? And I think one of the things that we love about, about cornbread is it's buttery and delicious, but then also mm-hmm. the drag queen is, and I was thinking about this yesterday, is the show has a history of putting on uh, plus-size queens who are very extra. Yes. And this is... One comes to mind that I could see people comparing her to. <laughs> but but even but even not just Silky, even Eureka was extra, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and Cornbread comes into it with an authenticity that she's funny and she's, you know, affable and charismatic, but not in a way that's extra and in your face. Right. She's in on the joke. Yeah. She's aware. She's yes. very aware. And she's very natural on camera. Natural, and yes. It seems it, it seems like someone you would just know. Mm-hmm. You know? So <clears throat> Uh, so the cast, but but this goes for all the cast. There's one in particular that I'm going to talk about that I'm fascinated by, you know. But, okay. Um, but for but but th- th- there's none of them are unlikable, you know. Yeah. So that's even even the ones that, like I went in to meet the queens. We went in to meet the queens, feeling a certain way about a queen, and while there was some annoyance. To where she wasn't bad. Yeah. If given if given time, had she stuck around, she might have become more likable as time went on. Yeah. The thing I didn't like, mm-hmm. and this is actually something I think that you liked about the episode. Um, I feel we've seen this episode a hundred times. I don't. I'm not sure I'll remember it. I agree with you and disagree with you. In that we've we've seen talent shows, but the talent shows have always been all star girls. Whereas this is the first time we've seen this with. <clears throat> so it wasn't just where you're all going to create lyrics for my new hit single, mm-hmm. and then they do a song that just sort of promotes a Rue song. Yeah, and <clears throat> so this was at least something slightly different. It wasn't that whole we're going to put a bunch of girls who don't know each other in a room, yeah. and there's going to be arguments over who's going to take over the choreo, mm-hmm. and who's got a good singing voice versus who doesn't, and they'll have them all to do their own thing, mm-hmm. and for us to fall in love with queens because of their individuality, not because they had to jam you know, four bars into a RuPaul song. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So anyway, I think I think it was a very decent start to the season. It wasn't, uh, but that could be a good thing or a bad thing. It could be like, well, is this it? We'll find out when the second half gets there because yeah. it, it might be something that's a very pleasant, not fighty season, but it could make for boring television. Who knows? You know, we'll see. Well, we'll see. <clears throat> um, all right, Taylor. Let's get into the workroom entrances. The first one into the workroom was Alyssa Hunter. She's 26 from Catania, Puerto Rico. 
She came in and said, hola, I hope you guys are ready to be slayed because it's hunting season, bitches. Um, your thoughts on Alyssa Hunter? Um, <clears throat> definitely cute as a boy. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. Definitely had some work done. Mm-hmm. Um, we are very... I didn't like the look. I wasn't crazy about the look. Um, and I think if you're going to come in with a bow and arrow, look like you know how to use a bow and arrow. Yeah. <laughs> like it just seemed very, where she seemed to be almost struggling with it mm-hmm. and the dimensions were off, but uh, very polished, mm-hmm. I thought, even though I didn't like the look. I thought everything about her was, I thought, very polished throughout the episode, mm-hmm. sometimes to her disadvantage, but we'll yeah. talk about that as it goes on. You know, I think this is sort of related to what you were saying is I don't have anything wrong with her. I, I don't know why this is. This is definitely a thing that the Puerto Rican Queens tend to do. Not all of them, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to like, uh, Anisha. No, Anisha wasn't from Puerto Rico. Who was, oh no, um, Candy Ho was like Uh this where they come in and they're like, I'm from Puerto Rico and therefore I'm all of that, which I'm like, has a Puerto Rican Quinn even won? Like, why are yeah. they acting like you should bow down because I'm Puerto Rican or that you should bow down because I'm a pageant queen? I will say pageant queens tend to do very well on this show, but it's not a guarantee of success. And right. so, um, I don't know. There was sort of this, like, I lack of humility, which was unusual. We've seen before, but with this cast was sort of unusual. I will say she, she did read the room and, and then adapt. But yes. um, but it, it, she came in with a little bit of that of that uh, fronting, if you will. All right, mm-hmm. next we have Bosco. She's twenty eight from Seattle, Washington. She came in and said, "All right, let's get out there today and make a difference." Uh, she's known as the Demon Queen of Seattle and has performed everything from Sylvia Plath monologues to burlesque. Taylor, your thoughts on Bosco? <clears throat> I love Bosco. I I liked her Meet the Queens video, and mm-hmm. I was glad to see that. Uh, one, I liked the outfit. I thought the outfit was a fun entrance look. But throughout the episode, she seems very smart and very quick. Mm-hmm. And I very much appreciate that. And, I mean, the eyebrows are odd, but I think if that's her signature thing, and ultimately mm-hmm. you, you you immediately recognize her right away. She seems very – she seems very – um she knows her fashion. She she knows her, her silhouette, everything. But I have no complaints about Bosco. Mm-hmm. I, I I was I was very pleased with with her episode. Uh, yeah, I'm a big Bosco fan too. I wasn't as impressed with her Meet the Queens, but was more impressed with her uh, in this one. She also had, and I don't know why it could be her charisma or whatnot. I find I found her attractive. Even though she wasn't traditionally attractive, there was something attractive to me about her. Uh, yeah, in drag or as a boy? As a boy. Okay. Oh, but also beautiful in drag in that burlesque number, but yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that burlesque number yeah. in the talent show. Yeah. Um. Next, we have Cornbread the Snack Jate, 29 years old from Los Angeles. She came in and said, is you hungry? Because, bitch, I'm baked. Uh, I don't think you liked her, right, Taylor? No, I didn't like her at all. Yeah. <laughs> I I wrote down I'm this fat in person was going to be clip zero, but then I thought that was too obvious. You would know that I would be expecting that. Yeah. Um. But just every just very talk about charisma. 
she is she's just charisma personified as far as i'm concerned yeah very charismatic like again like i said which is great not in a way that's in your face and like i'm she's not carrying my miley cyrus cyrus around the workroom or anything like that yeah <laughs> so well, they're they probably they're still, probably, still, they're, still makes me mad when i think about that <laughs> well they're probably prepared for that notice that they kept lizzo far away from the queen's and next yeah. week we saw that uh, <laughs> that they have um, what's her name Alicia Keys Alicia Keys behind the mirror they're like we don't right. want you anywhere near these bitches you're gonna start carrying them around the workroom <laughs> that just- really was the last time no because Ricky Martin was on the next but he stood next to Rue the whole time Ricky Martin came on the show Ricky Martin was on uh, was that last season or the season before he was on he was the first uh, he was the first judge and they did La Vida Loca as the um, the song which which chat room what season was ricky martin on uh the first episode of of the season i don't remember this it's so funny apparently he had on dad cargo pants (laughs) that's what travis cosmos just said season 12 oh season 12 12. uh all right uh willow pill she's 26 years old from denver denver colorado she came in and said where am i uh, she sees herself as an adorably twisted little doll. Other quiggings were reading her bitchy entrance look, uh, and she hadn't been in drag in a year because of COVID. Uh, Taylor, your thoughts on Willow Pill? I think that she is, she may be the one, maybe not the one to watch, but one to watch this season because what we I watched the meet the queens uh, not meet the queens the the first act on youtube earlier mm-hmm. the week yeah and with the shirt that spelled angel wrong and the flip-flops and the dropping the glasses and everything like that i thought oh well if she's not the first one to go she's she's going to be in the bottom two that has to lip sync mm-hmm. for her life and then as we watched over the course of the episode and as they talked about it untucked that that was a strategy on her part mm-hmm. so that is so that's something where i'm like okay i was not all about you but now, now I'm curious. Now I want to see. Now I want to see what you're going to do the rest of the season, however long you're here for. So I got to be honest with you. Um, I, re- as people who listen to Meet the Queens know, I do not like this. Did not or do not like this Willow Pill. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm not one of these people because as I as I famously say, by famously I know I say this. That's it. <laughs> I call balls and strikes. Okay? Okay. And I will not say cuz I know that the I feel like the show is trying to push Willow Pill on us. Okay? Okay. And what I will say is okay, I don't have the hatred that I had for her after I meet the queens, right? Uh-huh. But it's not a it's not and I like her. I'm very uh, puzzled by her. I don't know what to make of her. And to go to a Golden Girls reference, it's only one that, unless you're a big Golden... Well, you don't have to be a big Golden Girls fan to know this, but to immediately cite this reference. Last night I was thinking about the way I looked at the screen when Willow Pill came on was in... Season one, there's an episode called A Little Romance, where Rose dates a, a, a little person who's a, a, a psychiatrist. Right. 
And they're all talking to him in the living room. And Sophia walks in. And she just stares at him. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, you know, like, you, you don't, they're, you're writing the jokes in your head. Right. And then there's a long pause. They stare like, oh, no, what is she going to say? And then she says, Dorothy, right. can I see you in the kitchen? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but says it away from the camera as she's yeah. walking. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the best part. Yeah. And that look that Sophia has in her face when she sees mm-hmm. Dr. Jonathan something. Jonathan. Or yeah. Newman. Dr. Jonathan Newman. Yes. That is the look the entire time that I had my face when Willow Pill was on the screen. <laughs> right? But okay. if you would have been in the room with you, I would Taylor, can I talk to you in the kitchen? <laughs> right? And... I don't know what to, I mean, that's, that's what I will say. That's the compliment I'll give is that it went from hatred to like, I now stare at Willow Pill the way Sophia stared at Dr. Jonathan Newman. Okay. Um, I don't know what to make of this person. I don't. Yeah. And I am very curious. I will say this though. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what happens next. Mm hmm. I, I agree. My, my boyfriend went to a friend's house and watched the episode and, and was, over the moon about Willow Pill. Loves Willow Pill. Um, might be his favorite queen of the season. You know? Really? Yeah, okay. he's in love with... No, 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 no. Cornbread's his favorite. But Willow Pill... He thought Willow Pill should have won the whole thing today. So... Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I agree with that. But. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, now you're going to hear about this later. <laughs> First you, now me. Um... <laughs> Now imagining when your husband hears this in the car with you later. <laughs> and that awkwardness. Uh, all right. Next in the workroom, we have Carrie. Co- well, you know what? Let me see. One, two, three, four. Okay. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break right here? And when we come okay. back. We'll talk about the rest of the queens. We're going to take a break and we will come back right after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. 
And we are talking about Carrie Colby, 24 years old, from Los Angeles. Uh, she came in. She said, I have one thing to say. Baby, you already know that a kiss begins with a K. She is a transgender woman. She uh, was wearing trans pride colors, actually, in her outfit. She knows cornbread from the L.A. drag scene. Um, and and uh, her drag mother is uh, icon Sasha Colby, <clears throat> a well-known Miss Continental winner. Uh, Taylor Lante Boy. Your thoughts on uh, Carrie Colby? <clears throat> the first thing I wrote was, Jesus, she's gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, talk about a beautiful woman. Um, I kept picturing the Kennedy in the Untucked going, but she's beautiful. Uh-huh. Um, just uh, talk about polish. Mm-hmm. Absolutely polished and poised and, and gorgeous. I love the hair, the different colored hair mm-hmm. um, and the outfit. Uh I have been listening to another podcast that talks about the pageant circuit. So I was from when she said Sasha Colby, I knew what they were talking about as well as miss the importance of Miss Continental. Uh-huh. Um, so <clears throat> I was like, Oh, she comes from, she comes from that line of a uh, line of Colby's. So mm-hmm. I, I, she's definitely as of right now with this episode, she's definitely a front runner as far as I'm concerned. Um, I would usually say no, but RuPaul does love someone who is beautiful and statuesque. Uh-huh. And those people, I think, get a lot of leeway when they're not so strong in other ways. Uh, by the way, a little bit of a correction. My boyfriend is listening live, I guess, and, and weighed in on the chat room to announce that Willow Pill is his favorite, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. You're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Now, uh, Carrie Colby, yes, beautiful. I don't know that we got a lot of who she is, and one of my worries is that we have seen who she is. That there's probably not a lot there in terms of charisma. Her charisma I, seems to be her looks, but maybe I could be wrong. My worry is that we are going to get where they're going to feel the only way to kind of open that up is to make her look foolish. Mm-hmm. Or to kind of where she's going to have to do something where they're purposely going to try to dumb her down or make mm-hmm. her act the fool like in a in a in a skit or in something else, and that she is going to really struggle with that because that's not that doesn't appear to be who she is. Mm-hmm. All right, people are waiting in on the chat and they think she's completely beautiful, which I mean, yes. there's, there's no denying that. I mean, she is stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next we have June Jambalaya, 29 years old from Los Angeles. Uh, she said, grab a fork, ladies. Jambalaya is served. Uh, cornbread knows her. They're, they're, they seem to be, uh, good Judies. She is the love child of Megan Thee Stallion and Fader Parks, as she self describes. And, uh, cornbread calls her a label whore. Your thoughts on June Jambalaya, uh, Taylor? I loved June in the Meet the Queens. Mm-hmm. And I loved her. I loved her in this episode. I loved her in this episode. I loved her on a talk. She is one of my favorites of the season so far. That look when she came in was not my favorite. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem to be very – it didn't seem to be what you expect for your first look when you walk into the walk into the workroom. Mm-hmm. It seemed kind of pedestrian. I know it was some label um, – it was some name brand jumper, mm-hmm. but it didn't seem – 
well fitting. I don't know, but I I think she's I think she is gorgeous as a queen and cute as a boy too. I think I think that she's just I I like everything about her. Uh, I think I I worry that this show works in terms of tropes and character types. And that's not mm-hmm. just true with the black queens. It could be with the Latin queens. It could be with the, 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 the pageant queens and the comedy queens and whatever. But if there seems to be one that's more standout than the other, then the, the, the one who's also like that, uh, can sort of get lost. Like for instance, before we go to the fact that there's two, uh, big girl black queens, um, I feel right now at this stage, Bosco is, Bosco's quirkiness isn't coming out as much because Willow Pill seems to be taking that slot. And um, I think in this one, Cornbread's charisma seems to be outshining June's. And June seems to be a little bit more of a shrinking violet around Cornbread. And I think she needs to come out and maybe we'll see that in future episodes. I think I think I would be like that, actually, at first. And when I'm in a new situation, I'm a little quieter. And so, um, it could maybe, uh, we're going to take some time for June to get acclimated. I don't think we've seen the last of June Jambalaya. I don't think she's a filler queen. I, uh, no, 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 not not at at all. all. Cause someone might get that impression because she was in the, in the bottom too, but I don't get that. I never had that impression of her. And so I'm very curious to see if she can carve out her own space in the competition. So, Mm -hmm. uh, that'd that'd be very interesting. To see, um, and then, um, finally into the workroom, we have Orion's story. She's 25 years old from Grand Rapids, Michigan. She came in screeching and then she said on a, on a cheeseburger cell phone, uh, hello, RuPaul. We've been trying to reach you regarding your car's extended warranty. Oh, perfect. Well, then I just have one question for you. Are you ready, Boots? She describes herself as a campy queen. She loves puppets and bright colors. Uh, and she's influenced by Barbarella and Sesame Street, which also, that's how I met Taylor. He said the same thing. Um, <laughs> your thoughts on Orion's story? I wrote, um, she said, I want to start off obnoxious, and to which I wrote, well, she succeeded with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was not necessarily really impressed with her opening, uh, her, her, her catchphrase or whatever you want to call it. And she seemed very awkward from the get go. She seemed very much of where she was like almost she had rehearsed it. She rehearsed her opening so many times that when she finally said it, she kind of almost tripped on her words and it didn't feel believable. Mm-hmm. You know, that could have been a funny. Hello, RuPaul. We want to talk with you about we've been trying to reach you about your extended car warranty, but it could have been done in a way that I think it had a little bit more punch to it. And when it didn't and it just kind of fell apart, uh, I was not necessarily all that impressed. On Drag Race UK season three, uh-huh. there was a drag queen named Charity Case, and sort of yes. the buzz about her was, "Well, why she's on the wrong show? She should be on Dragula." Okay, yes, she's more of a Dragula queen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the same thing for Ryan's story, but somehow a camp wanted Kiki Queen made on the RuPaul. Damn! <laughs> this bitch applied for the wrong show. Okay. She should have been on Camp Wanakiki. That is an excellent, for those who actually know what Camp Wanakiki is, that is an excellent 
excellent analogy. Yeah. Well done. Kudos. Yeah. Well, you know, it must be some sort of Midwestern aesthetic because all of uh, Camp Wanakiki girls are from the Michigan, Illinois, sort of upper Midwest, northern yes. Midwest sort of area. And they seem to have that, like sloppy drag their own weird version of camp that i don't really think is camp it's more don't like, you know yeah that kind yeah, of like yeah clownish right yes and not funny and um yeah i don't i don't i don't i don't get it but it's it's a very camp wanakiki aesthetic and i think she, she went into the wrong show uh, yeah. but I, okay, so there was a thing was when I first saw her on Meet the Queens, I was like, oh my God, she is going to be a cute boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know, we never finished that story in the beginning. If you go to my, the drag race at drag race recap on Twitter, you can look it up. Orion's story, when I wrote, is it going to be a season that she replied to me? And she said yes. something about like, yeah, shitting and fit, pissing or something like that, or shitting and shitting farting. Shitting and farting. Shitting and farting. Oh, okay. But she spelled it S-H-I-D-D-I-N-G and F-A-R-D-I-N-G. Yeah, and I was, I didn't know that even, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I was just embarrassed for her that responded to me. So, um, anyway, so, uh, everyone's like, oh, she's not cute. She, I thought she was going to be cute as a boy based on her Meet the Queen look. And then people were telling me, oh, she's not cute as a boy. And I saw she had this weird ass emo Phillips hair. I didn't know what was going on there. And then a name no one has <laughs> said in thirty years. <laughs> and so, look, I'm just stealing. That's that's the thing that you usually do. You're the one. Who no, you're right. A, a Morgan Fairchild Fairchild reference. So, um, uh, but then when she was on uh, this uh, table visits and she had on a camera, I'm like, oh, wait, she's actually pretty cute. It's her hair. Yeah. She has hair problems. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's those are the entrances. Did you have anything on the workroom entrances? Well, I have two questions for you, one of which would be really us more getting into the heads of the contestants. Uh-huh. And I wrote, do you think that they were happy to see more than one girl when they all came in? Like when Cornbread walked in, or when, uh, yeah, when Cornbread walked in, and there were already two girls there, she they immediately knew. Okay, so I'm not going to have to do a head to head like they did oh, the last season. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. They probably were a little relieved. And do you think that pissed off the season 13 girls watching <laughs> the show last night? Of the why the fuck didn't they have to go against the head to head against? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Um. All right, let's go to the mini challenge. RuPaul into the workroom and reveals there will be two premieres and one queen from the first seven will be asked to sashay away. For the mini challenge, the girls are strapped to the lip sync for the crown wheel and spun around while they attempt to serve face in a photo shoot. Uh, meant, uh, this didn't, this sentence didn't end. To serve face in a photo shoot. There we go. Yeah. After the spin cycle, Carrie Colby is named the winner of the mini challenge. Your thoughts on this mini challenge, Taylor the Latte Boy? I love when they do a mini challenge like this for the first episode. We've mm-hmm. seen this happen on multiple seasons and it seems to have, it seems to have gone away for a while. Mm-hmm. But I remember that the girls on season four had to go on the spinning wheel while they were getting, I think, shot with paint. Um, we've seen, uh, season six where the girls had to jump into the huge container with, uh, the, the foam cubes or whatever. So they were leaping in front of a big TV screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that season five, they had to, they had to film, uh, they had to shoot things underwater. Mm-hmm. I guess my question is, where's Mike Ruiz? 
because I Mike know. Ruiz was always the one who did it before. And he's become quite the sort of like internet sensation uh, go-to daddy. Yeah, so it makes sense that he would want to hitch his wagon to Drag Race for mm-hmm. even more stuff like that. But I thought for the most part, a lot of them did really well. Uh, I'm surprised that Carrie won. I, I, yes, I was surprised I, too. I thought that other girls did better. Mm-hmm. I also love that when Cornbread was doing her thing, and we we see this a couple of times with other queens, the laugh that Rue is giving while Cornbread is doing hers and the wheel is spinning by itself yeah. seemed genuine. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a genuine laugh. So, and I, as much as we talk about the monster that is RuPaul, when yeah. she does have that really genuine laugh, that is always very infectious and joyous to watch. It is. I completely agree. Uh, you, like you, I was I was very happy to see this. I, I like the old school. It's one of the things I wish they brought back more, which maybe they are. I like the old school. It's simple. We know. We expect it. The, the, the silly photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And actually, RuPaul was there. There's been a time where, like, they've been doing it, but it's like, it's like, uh, Ross or something like that. So, but RuPaul was there and, and they got to interact with her. And I like that old school sort of mini challenge. Also nice to have the pit crew back. You know, we have, we didn't see, they weren't in person last year. So it was nice to see them back in person. Maybe we'll see them, um, more. You know, they weren't? No. Oh my god, you're right. No, the pit crew wasn't there last season in person. They did these weird videos where they were doing things on video. Like, are you smarter than a pit crew member? Something like that, yeah. Right? Yeah, you know. okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Willow Pill. Um, there's a part, and, 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 and this is a good opportunity for, te- for me to tell a story, where RuPaul tells her she looks like a young Angeline. Well, first of all, do you know who Angeline is? Yes. Okay. You and I have had conversations about Angeline. So Angeline is sort of an L.A. thing, but, like, kind of famous maybe outside of L.A.? It's really weird. So in the 80s, like the early 80s, L.A. had this weird thing happen where there were these billboards that went up all over Los Angeles. Of it, uh, it, They were cryptic. It was just like a crazy, I wouldn't say crazy hot, but a crazy, comma, hot girl posing seductively and there would be Darius ones, you know, right. top of a car or something like that. And they were just on all it would say was Angeline. And these billboards mm-hmm. were everywhere in LA. No one knew what they were. Right. And it turned out, we don't know that much about her still, but there was this model who married or dated some super rich old man. And he, she was trying to be famous and they think she'd be on billboards on like bus stops and stuff like that. She was everywhere. And they were going to try and promote her career by putting her billboard all over Los Angeles. And it sort of became part of the L.A. landscape, especially in the 80s. And then she right. sort of disappeared. And now, and she, well, she would always you see her around L.A. driving a pink Corvette, you know. And so now she still drives around in a pink Corvette. Um, but she's now, you know, speaking of Alyssa Hunter and the plastic surgery, like well into her 70s. And, uh, has had a ton of work done and looks like a crazy person. And I yes. think one of the, 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 the sort of like bucket list in LA is to have your spotting Angeline story in the wild, right? Yeah. Which I have had a couple and one famously, I was in Malibu. Uh, I didn't know it, but there was a, a crazy old lady in front of me in the register, <laughs> right? <laughs> And she was wearing like Uggs and just had sunglasses on. I just was like, but you know, in Malibu, you see that kind of crazy shit all the time. 
And um, I wasn't even paying attention until the cashier was like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable doing this. And then walked around the front and took all the alcohol out of this woman's shopping cart and said, I'm, I'm not going to sell to you. And she's like, what are you doing? Put those back. Listen, you. You know, they started fighting with her. And she's like, you okay. got you got to leave. And the woman stormed out. And I was like, it was like a whole scene. And, what? Uh, yeah. And How then, have I never heard this story before? You've never heard this story? I didn't no, I, I no. I've never, I've, I've never heard you tell me this story before. Oh, yeah. I told her I'm catching up. And, um... And the and and then whatever I I was like oh I didn't but it was too uncomfortable I didn't say anything and then the bag boy because the woman said go make sure make sure she leaves or something like that right and then he comes back as I'm checking out and he goes she left and he goes she had a pink Corvette and then he mm. the woman goes ugh it's Angeline she comes in here all the time and I was like ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> because the other thing too with Angeline the reason I wouldn't recognize her is now because she's so. Wants to keep this illusion. If you see pictures of her now, she hides her face with a fan. So when you see pictures of her, she has a fan and she hides her face. So I was like, oh, oh I saw Angeline in real life. And so um, <laughs> that was one of my favorite Angeline stories was seeing her. Uh, she was in a picture. One of the billboards was in the opening of Moonlighting. Yes, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, she, yeah, she, and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, there's a ride in Disney World called Rock and Roller Coaster and they go through LA. I'm surprised there wasn't like an Angeline billboard there. Usually when you would see, not anymore, when you would see older versions of the LA skyline, they, they would put an Angeline billboard in there. It sort of became a very, a fixture of the LA skyline when it was artistically depicted. Yeah. Um, Bosco on her, um, on the Winnie, on the spinning wheel loved her. I thought yeah. she was so funny and so mm-hmm. great. Uh, uh, I wrote quick on her feet. Yes, very quick on her feet. And uh, I also wrote that Cornbread was very likable and I was laughing along with Rue and Cornbread. And, uh, and, and like you, I thought Carrie Colby's win was a little on the nose, a little too obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping for something more. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, next, RuPaul announced the Maxi Challenge. Each queen will have to bring their top routine to the Charisma, Nerve, and Talent Show. In the workroom, the queens meet each other out of drag. Alyssa crowns herself the trade of the season. Everyone thinks Willow looks like a literal child. And Cornbread trolls the other queens into believing her talent show performance will be competitive eating. Taylor, any thoughts on anything that happened in the workroom? I again, Cornbread's reaction to Alyssa was very funny and seemed just she she is aware she is she is she seems very aware to me mm-hmm. that she this is an opportunity for me to make a moment, mm-hmm. but not a moment like and I don't want to necessarily compare her to uh, the previous queen of where I'm going to have a moment by screaming attitude check every mm-hmm. ten minutes. You know, this Fuck is where you, we have bitch. this moment. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where we're going to, we're going to have the, we're going to have this and it's going to be, it's, it's this funny thing. And then mm-hmm. even like the callback to the flip flops, just shit like that is just, she's, she's, she's very, very good. Um, Alyssa, Alyssa is cute as a boy. And I think that they were all very pleasantly surprised when she took off all of her makeup that they were all like, damn. Um, yeah, and you know, 
the cornbread with the eating thing I thought was very, very funny. Because yeah, at one point you kind of thought, is she going to do this? <laughs> she did play it for real. Um, I will say in the confessional where there's good lighting and makeup and stuff like that, they do show Alyssa Hunter. But I will say in the workroom, they only do very quick cuts of Alyssa. They don't want you to looking too long at her. Because I think that they mm-hmm. know you'll see – they want to keep the illusion of her being a really hot boy. Um Okay, I think if you if you look too long at her, you'll you'll start to see the the plastic surgery, you know, the flaws, the flaws. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, um, let's talk about Will Will Opel. I'm already anticipating I'll get some sort of hate, but people already hate me, so I don't know. Get in fucking light. <laughs> I'm going to ask this in the nicest way possible. What is going on with her face? That okay. Well, she talks about that in her table table interview with Rue that she has she has a disease, which I think is the reason that her face is the way it is, and the way that she the reason that she looks younger than she does. Mm-hmm. Which we know when Rue says at one point, so you know where she says you have a chronic. I have I had a chronic illness, and Rue says in this really weird tone, "What was your chronic illness?" Like where she like yells it at her. It mm-hmm. was this very it was very uncomfortable. I forget what she said that it is. Um, cystinosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, J. Thomas Plank just wrote in the Discord. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when people are born with chronic illnesses or diseases, that it affects it affects their faces, it affects mm-hmm. their body shape, it affects that sort of stuff. So I, I am going to assume. That is the reason why. It could be. The the reason I asked was, and I, and I considered it as an option, but it, it, like Alyssa Hunter, it does look like there's been work done. But I don't know if it's because of the disease or she's actually had work done. I don't know. Because, um, it, because it reminds me of, like, Blair St. Clair and All-Star 6 looked like a crazy person with all the work she has done for it's weird because i know the advice is to get work done while you're young so but maybe a little bit of work done but like blair st Clair has the amount of work done that a 45 year old socialite has right and she's like 20 nothing i don't get work from willow i i think that that just may be a product of the cystinosis all right. Very good. Well, you know, as Taylor, uh, the reason I asked Taylor is he's the author oh, no. of the book, The Mirror Has Two Faces by, uh, Taylor Velate Boy DDS. And it's all about this very topic. And so, uh, he is quite the, we can go on Amazon and get that. Mm-hmm. All right, Taylor. Uh, now, you know, now let's go on to the table visits. RuPaul entered the workroom to check in with the Queens. Carrie Colby reprises her champion jump, jump roping routine. June Jambalaya identifies as Clatchet and Willow Pill lists her illnesses. Your thoughts on the table visits? Um, well, what, do you remember the Colbys? I no, but I did think of you when they mentioned it. I'm like, oh, Taylor yeah. Swift is shit. Yeah, yeah. I was more, I was more of a CBS girl, so I liked Dallas and Falcon Crest. Um, mm-hmm. But whereas I know I had other little that we all eventually came out as gay, <laughs> but that they liked they were big Dynasty fans. And then mm-hmm. when there was the spinoff that was the Colbys, that was mm-hmm. a big thing. But when at one point when she makes a joke about Colby Co. Mm-hmm. later on, that was the company, obviously. 
that was on the Colbys. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I don't really have any notes about June, June's visit, but I did talk about with Willow. I wrote, let's throw out Evie's name as quickly as possible so that everybody knows that there's that connection there. Yeah. Um, as well as the chronic illness, which I agree with you. What you said earlier, as far as that we want, we want you to love her as much as Rue seems to love her. So we're going to throw out, you know, everybody's favorite oddball and we're going to throw out that she has this disease yeah. and all of these different things to kind of get that going. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I thought of is on at least twice, possibly three times during the show, it feels like Rue is trying out her new catchphrase because she's run out of songs that she can write about all the catchphrases. Mm-hmm. And that would be, I'll be the judge of that. Oh, have you seen the clip from her on the Graham Norton show? No. Where she, she talks about something that you can say whenever you want to get out of a conversation Mm -hmm. or that you don't necessarily want to like continue a conversation or something that is. And it's very funny because she says, I have a couple of things that I really like to say. And one of which is where she can't remember this one, but she goes, Oh, I know. I'll be the judge of that. I'll be the judge of that. Like it's a, it's a, it's something that she thinks is quippy and you can use in any conversation. And then Graham Norton tells a story about uh, something that Lucille Ball used to say at dinner parties where when somebody would leave the room and then come back and sit at the table, she would turn to somebody else and say, now say it to her face. <laughs> <laughs> so as a way to kind of start a joke. So, and Ruth thinks that's very funny. So I have a feeling that we're going to be getting a song at some point saying, well, I'll be the judge of that in the near future. Yeah. A hundred percent. I never, that's a very good clocking there, Taylor, detective Taylor <laughs> on the case. Um, I don't have much about the table visits. You know, there's a point where Carrie Colby is talking about how she's going to do jump roping and she was a, a champion jump roper. And she goes, I haven't touched a jump rope in 10 years. I'm all, yeah, you have. <laughs> That's 100% a lie. You're telling me that you chose this to do for your talent show and that you didn't even try once to, to jump rope? To see, yeah. Is this something I can still do? You're just going to, you're yeah. going to wait until the moment that's important to, uh, well, this is the first time I'm doing it in 10 years. I'm like, no, it's not true. Um, Orion's story, oh, I told it said that she's cute and that awful hair. And then again, I had with Willow Pill. What the fuck is going on? Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> maybe, look, maybe by the end of the season, I'll be the biggest Willow Pill fan. <clears throat> I did think it was cute. I don't know if it comes out at this point that, uh, Alyssa Hunter thought her name was Willow Pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and that was very, very funny. Um, all right. Well, let's actually talk about the charisma uniqueness. I mean, I'm not uniqueness, the charisma, nerve and talent show. Uh, the Queens took the stage to showcase their talents and impress the judges. Uh, first up was June Jambalaya. She did an African dance. Uh, your thoughts on that, Taylor? Well, before we get talking about that, I have a couple of other notes about when Lizzo came in. Oh yeah. Okay. Go ahead. And did you get the, 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 the outfit reference when she walked in? No. Did you get it at all? No. She's dressed like Tina Turner in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, well, I, okay. I know t- Rue made that joke on the main stage, but I thought she was just making it like, oh, that reminds me of that. But she really is dressed like yeah. – Yeah. If you look at uh, pictures of Tina Turner, I mean, th- the hair is different. Mm-hmm. But I, that is – I was a – and still am an enormous Tina Turner fan. Mm-hmm. So when she walked in, I immediately clocked that and was like, I wonder if Joe's going to get that or not. No. But – so a great, great idea for an outfit and surprised that 
a queen has never done that before in the history of the show. Oh, you re- well, hold on for a second. You reminded me. I made a mistake. I skipped a, a segment. Sorry. Let me yeah. read it and we'll come back. It's elimination day and the queens get ready for their talent show performances. Cornbread, you know, uh, sages away evil spirits and tells the story of farting on a pastor. Carrie praises the diversity in the first group of queens and Lizzo comes to the workroom to inspire the queens. That is what you're talking about, Taylor. Beautiful. Yes. Okay, go on. Um, though that was pretty much it. As far as before, the uh, the farting story was very funny. I think, mm-hmm. again, I'm not necessarily a huge bathroom humor fan, but mm-hmm. that still is that the way that the way that Cornbread told the story made her very endearing to to I think a lot of people, including the the, the folks in the in the workroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Rue doing this new song, lip syncing oh. before which. I love this song. Oh, I saw you the do? video. Oh yeah, no, the video for this came out. She released a couple of videos a few weeks ago for this and another song that I cannot remember, which is really just kind of mm-hmm. a rip off of Call Me Mother, but mm-hmm. I still love it. But this song in particular has a very 90s dance vibe to it, which I'm all about. It remind it reminds me of the type of song that I would have been listening to to kind of wind down for the night after going out to the bars. Like, oh, so, wow. and it's just, it's, I really, really like the song. So what about the um, dancers? Dancers were not bad to look at either. Mm-hmm. So, but at one point though, when it's clear that they all know the dance moves and at one point they're all walking and Rue looks like she's trying to catch up to the four of them. <laughs> That's always RuPaul's dancing. He's just walking forward. She can't dance. Right. It's a horrible yeah, I know. dancer. Um, but and uh, we both commented on how much weight Ross looks like he's lost. Well, also, Altino Shade um, obviously has that deflated balloon look because I noticed that um, she had the Barbara Walters lens on this season. This, yes, this episode as well. Ross did? Mm-hmm. I did not notice that. Yeah, the the lens was a little blurry for Miss uh, Matthews. Miss Matthews. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Good. Detective Batance. Detective Batance. Why can't I see Ross? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see him. What's um, wrong with my eyes? Yeah. Uh, all right. Now let's talk about – I have nothing to say about Elimination Day. Let's talk okay. about the Charisma, Nerve, and Talent Show – um, the first one I had was June Jambalaya. She did a, an African dance. Uh, your thoughts here on that, Taylor? I definitely see what they were saying as far as the headband, and you could see her getting into her head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the energy was super high energy, mm-hmm. and it was enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost looks like she was losing steam by the end of it, though. Mm-hmm. Where And that might have been more her where she was overthinking what she was doing or whatever. So that was a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. But I thought as an art form, mm-hmm. I thought that it was it was amazing and, and very, very pretty. Yeah, I don't have the cultural literacy of African dance to judge either way whether it was great African dancing. But I will say she did at least exhibit a talent. I When they do these talent shows... I am not a fan of the, I'm going to lip sync, whether it be an original song or to a regular song. I'm like, well, but you got to do that anyway. Uh-huh. You know, that would be if we had the afterthought media talent show. My talent was, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to talk, you know, a microphone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, 
what I was going to say is, is so I appreciated that it was something different. I also don't think that the headband falling into her hair was that big of a deal not to bring her into bottom two. So I have thoughts, and we'll get to when we get to the lip sync, remind me to tell you of why I think she was there. I think overall she was just fine. Yeah, you know, I have thoughts fine. about the lip sync too that I said to my husband last night, but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll definitely get there. And uh, all right, next we have um, Bosco. Now Bosco did a flower petal bur- burlesque routine. Did you have any big thoughts on Bosco's Flower petal burlesque routine. What one of the things that I like about Bosco is that she is so polished for kind of being the quirky queen. Mm-hmm. She's not the messy queen. Mm-hmm. And I thought everything it was clear that she knew this routine down to the to to the petal, mm-hmm. as it were. And I thought it was incredibly sexy. Everything about it I thought was just very, very sexy, very, very well done. And could have seen her as as one of the top possibly could have winning the, the winning the the talent show. Well, the judges obviously agree with you. I guess my question, what I would need a clarification. I want to be very specific when I say this. I'm not saying that burlesque isn't a talent. Dina Von Teese has made a career out of it, and I know and I know that um, uh, what's her name from season set? Violet Chachki does burlesque in a way that requires a lot of you know gymnastics and. And whatnot. But from what I saw from Bosco, I don't understand. It's just, again, it's just you wore an outfit that you bought and you went out there and took it off. And I see it as an art, but I don't know if I necessarily see it as a talent. And that's why I was sort of curious. Not that it, it, was, it was a beautiful art piece that we saw happen. But again, I don't know if that was necessarily, quote, unquote, a talent. But maybe I am not informed enough and I could well, be I- wrong. I think because there is what you are doing. Okay. And again, I am not well versed in this, but I've seen enough burlesque to go. You're almost telling a story and there's a choreography to how you take the clothes off mm-hmm. versus stripping, which mm-hmm. is really just kind of the, the story there isn't is there's a subtlety to this where it's not just where suddenly, you know, and there's all your junk kind of thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's where you're constantly. It, it's it's walking that fine line between removing all of the clothing, but doing it in a way that you want to see more, but I'm not going to give you as much as you want to see just yet. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like a lot of times with like, you know, strippers and stuff, it's a little more in your face as it were. Uh, all right. Alyssa Hunter did air guitar as best I can put it. Uh, what would, um, Luke has it here's a punk metal lip sync. Um, what were your thoughts on Alyssa Hunter? Well, she kept talking about how she was going to play the guitar. Yeah. And then when she grabbed the guitar, like, didn't even seem like she was holding it correctly or that she didn't know how to to even like pretend to play air guitar Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So in that regards, I was very let down. I appreciate the fact, and I think they talk about it during the judges tape uh, critiques that she did a hard rock song, which is not something that usually everything with uh, drag races, dance pop or R and B. So in that regard, I can appreciate that, but it the execution and she looked great, but the execution was not there. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was awful. I'm well, that's not a talent. Again, it's yeah. just lip syncing to a hard rock song and playing air guitar, which I think people would, what the, what the straight boys did in my, Junior high lip sync. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie Colby did jump rope and lip sync. Uh, Taylor, your thoughts on that? I wrote fun. 
That's all I wrote was just the word. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was fine, middle of the road kind of stuff. Yeah. I do agree with Ross, and I and I had this in my notes that she should have started with the with the jump roping. We didn't need to lip sync, or maybe she could lip sync while she was jump roping. It seemed like it took a long time to get to the jump rope, like almost come out, ju- like with just the basic jump rope. Yeah, you know, once you skip, what skip, and then as the as the song picked up, kind of doing a lot more. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you jumped rope? When my when I came over to this country. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I had read a book actually years ago, probably twenty years ago, about it was a guy. I wish I could find this book. It was like a little pamphlet, uh-huh. and it was a guy who was a personal trainer, like a high end personal trainer. He wrote a little book, and he was like, honestly, the best workout you can do is jumping rope. And it is the best workout ever for for anybody, any body type, blah, 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 blah. And I, I so he basically, he was like a jump rope for fitness kind of thing. And um, that was the last time I jumped rope. What about okay. you? I, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I was almost definitely a kid. I can't imagine at this point. I, I have coordination issues walking mm-hmm. <laughs> at times or just standing. Um, so the idea of jumping up and down and trying to coordinate it with the moment that a rope goes under. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know that I'm not there yet. Maybe Mm -hmm. one day if I keep losing weight, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll be able to do it. But at this point no, 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 no. All right. Next we have Orion story did a comics, a comedy skit. Oh my God. Your thoughts. (laughs) Cringy. Just I just cringed the entire time. I was just so uncomfortable. Well, somebody on Drag Race recently did a similar comedy skit, right? Well, Crystal Method did the aerobics instructor. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that there's <coughs> that. So in that regard, we've already kind of seen that. But I, I guess anytime you do something – like I don't remember – I remember Crystal won that – that challenge and i don't quite understand it but at least with crystal i feel like there were people in the audience mm-hmm. when you're doing this and you're really only doing it to fork fork uh judges mm-hmm. and the six contestants it just you are taking such a chance unless you are doing something in which everybody is screaming yelling laughing it, it almost feels like you're doing it into a vacuum mm-hmm. that I, it, al- it allows the opportunity for the producers to make it look even more cringy than it might have been. Well, I think the thing with Crystal, if I remember correctly, was there was a sort of like wink to the audience. Uh, she did it in a way that was sort of brilliant, which was even if you didn't know who she was because you were in the audience, that there was like, I am a very feminine person p- trying, it, it, the character came off as, a feminine person pretending to be a masculine person. So the femininity okay. was there and it made it funny. Like it was almost like uh, a cisgendered woman pretending to be a, a, a cisgendered man, you know, okay. for, for, for laughs. Uh-huh. And um, whereas this one, Orion story just played it as a guy and the yeah. jokes just weren't there. It just wasn't funny. And ultimately, that's what the problem. It was. It was literally awful. It was yeah. again something you would see on Camp Wanakiki. Yes, yes. 
finally, uh, Cornbread did an original song. Oh, no, not finally. There's Cornbread, then there's Willow Pill. Cornbread did an original song. Your thought about that? I liked it. I know that you were just talking about the whole idea of talent show being lip syncing and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think the fact that she did her own song helped in yeah. that regards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, it's rare that we see drag queens. Usually drag queens release their first single after they're eliminated. But the yeah. idea that she kind of came in with a sing- six, uh, single was actually very smart mm-hmm. on her part. Yeah, because she's still on the show. She can promote it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was fine. It's something we've seen on these all-star variety shows, so it didn't really wow me, you know? And going to what you said, I don't really know enough about her to be like, oh, my God, yes, a cornbread single. But uh-huh. it was fine. I don't know if it should have deserved the win, but whatever. And then finally we had Willow Pill uh, with her suicide performance art. What, were your, what, what was your hot take on this one? Uh, I didn't really get it. I guess this also kind of speaks to who I am and that I really didn't get, think it was funny until she pulled out the toaster. And then for some reason that was when that was what made me laugh was just like, Oh, that's where we're going with this. And you can tell Rue makes a face at one point when she's watching her, where she's like, I have no fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. But I thought to myself, I'm like, that's going to be one of the meme, like where they usually like, take pictures of Rue and they make memes out of it, that mm-hmm. that's going to be one that's going to be used with like, I don't understand what's happening, mm-hmm. but I'm here for it kind of thing that I thought was, um, I, 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 I don't quite get all of the love, but Rue seems to enjoy the absurdity of it. Mm-hmm. She used that word to describe it during the judges panel. Mm-hmm. And so I have a feeling that we may be seeing Willow around for a little bit longer than you and I expected to. I didn't get it. And I'm not saying, but I get, because so many people there got it, I'm wondering if it was an editing thing that we didn't see the whole performance. And that if you saw the entire performance there in person, that you would have a different appreciation for it. It sort of reminds me of when you see comedians, some of the funniest comedians I've ever seen are comedians who do crowd work and they go into the crowd and they just literally their whole act is working with the crowd and sort of making fun of them and interacting with them, right? But uh-huh. that's t- that style of comedy, often those comedians aren't very well known because that style of comedy doesn't play well on television. Right. Uh, because there is a sort of sense of community with, when you're with an audience live that you don't have there's a detachment when you're on television. So if you were to see a person do crowd work on TV, it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? But it works on in person. And I feel like it's the same thing here. I'm wondering if there was a, a sort of energy in the in the studio that the performance connected viscerally with them in a way that didn't really work on television and the editors had a tough time trying to translate that. Uh I will say Aiden, again, afterwards, was all praise for – loved it, thought it was so funny, thought it was so great, scream laughed when he watched it, just thought it was so great, right? Uh Um, I didn't get it. Uh, but again, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm conceding it could be something that if I saw in person, I would have been like, this is the most amazing thing ever. But I, 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 I didn't get it. Well, and ultimately, I mean, we know that – I have to be careful how I word this. Mm-hmm. It, this pe- 
group of people that enjoy watching the show Mm -hmm. can be easily triggered by things Mm -hmm. and have no problem complaining onto the Twitterverse Mm -hmm. and onto social media about things that they find to be offensive that the girls do, even though that is really kind of drag is supposed to be a fuck you to societal Mm -hmm. norms and, Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So when we're talking about the fact that she pulled the toaster out and that it really was kind of a piece of like where somebody is like committing committing suicide. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I, I agree with you that I wonder if there was editing so that they tried to make it as where we're getting the point across without making it where maybe there was even more absurdity to it mm-hmm. that they couldn't show because then you're going to get people that are saying that was triggering to me and how could you make fun of something like that and mm-hmm. all of that sort of thing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a part of it. Well, there also could be a thing where there's a little bit of an element of Emperor has no clothes, that they're all looking at Rue. Now, for Rue and her thing, and maybe some of the judges, is they've seen it all. So what's going to uh-huh. impress them is going to be something that is unusual and weird. And this this performance... Um, and then, like, for instance, that's why you have comedians who are comedians, comedians. Because they make comedians laugh, but not necessarily the general public. And... Right. Um, it could be that, and then the then the other drag queens are looking at Rue and the judges, in particular, seeing Rue loving it, and hearing that Rue loved it on the main stage. So they're now, of course, well, I loved it too. And yeah. it could be a part where the audience has to do the same thing. And you're right, and the editors have to now convince the audience why RuPaul loved this. I, I don't know. I didn't. It, it, what I saw on the screen, and maybe I'll have to look at it again. I thought was. Very strange. And I will say this to show you the manipulative abilities of television. They could have easily, if they wanted to, made it look strange, too. That's where I'm trying mm-hmm. to really figure out what the, where the truth lies. Well, um, they, they, this could have easily been another Coco Montrese and All-Stars, too. Yes, 100%. That's exactly. So for, for people who don't remember, Coco Montrese did a number, which, again, to her credit... Not to her credit, but people don't realize is she does that act all the time, but she uses it with a song that they didn't want to pay the rights for. So they use some um, random ass song, and so it made her look crazy, right? Yeah. But they could have mm-hmm. easily used a song like this while she's doing her, while Willow was doing her thing, and then you're like, oh, this is she's bananas. She, <laughs> she's bananas. She's a crazy person, and then just so looks of RuPaul looking confused and then you're like oh Willow Pill's a crazy person yeah you know? so um, yeah so I don't know I, I I need to see it again and I'll look at it with the eyes of trying to see it as the greatest thing that ever happened <laughs> on that show alright Taylor Wells your favorite part of the show it's time for the looks Okay. The category the is signature show stomping drag. Now, of course, this is a great time to mention that we have another show, and you'll be getting this in your feed later in a few days, uh, called Bring It to the Runway, where our newest hosts, Christian Ochoa and uh, Jesse Curbs, are going to go through the looks and talk about the fashion in detail. But Taylor, I wouldn't want to take that away from you. Did you have any noteworthy looks that you wanted to talk about? I loved June's look. I loved I loved the big long drapey sleeves. Um, I loved Cornbread's look that they that it was funny that she had an outfit that very much complimented Lizzo's look. Um, I also 
liked the color combo in Willows. I love that. Or anytime you can incorporate lime green in anything, I'm here for it, especially with that bright blue. Um, and I love that Michelle hated it, where she said at one point, she goes, it's making me nauseous looking at you with that color combination. Yeah. Um, but those are the ones that really kind of st- – and Bosco. I loved Bosco's look as well with the black the black devil with the black wig and everything. I, I feel like if that is an indication of what we're going to see from Bosco, Bosco is going to be the fashion plate of the season. What did you think, though? They, they kind of read June for her look. Well, okay. They read June for the details of where you could see the um, padding or you could see the uh, the, the shorts underneath. In that regard, I was surprised how much they went into the details of everybody's look um, so early on. They usually kind of gave everybody a pass in the beginning, but so they kind of came out strong. Like everybody got some sort of critique mm-hmm. for the most part, yeah. Um, with the exception maybe of Bosco. Mm-hmm. So, and she talks about that a little bit. June talks about that a little bit in Untucked as far as the, there's that self confidence and not wanting to be commented her body to be commented on by the you know the masses who watch the show uh but as far as a look goes as far as a silhouette goes when she first came out i did a little gasp when she came out because i just i just june to me is just gorgeous like her makeup and her bone structure and the way she does her hair and everything about her Mm -hmm. i just think she's so so pretty Mm -hmm. so i was expecting to be wowed and i was and i wasn't necessarily looking for the details like looking on the sides um where you can see through the side panels or with uh cornbread the whole inner the whole inner fishnets that sort of stuff yeah uh any other thoughts on the looks no that's it oh wow all right there we go those are the looks on the main stage rupaul lip syncs down the runway later cornbread's named the winner of the challenge while june jambalaya and orion story are placed in the bottom two and forced to uh Battle it out in a lip sync uh, for their life. The song Water Me by Lizzo. In the end, June Jambalaya is told Shantae you stay while Orion Story is asked to sashay away, leaving 13 queens in the competition. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? I feel like the the bottom three were June, mm-hmm. Alyssa, and Orion. And I feel like they knew on some level June would blow Orion out of the water yes, with a lip sync. 100%. And that is why she was in the bottom two, whereas they weren't sure with Alyssa. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. I agree with you. Yeah. That's exactly the case. Since you and I have had conversations about over multiple seasons, the reason they put Valentina in up against Nina in season mm-hmm. nine with the whole, I'd like to keep it on please. And then yeah. that guy. now I sort of watch when, when they gets down to the bottom two, sometimes I, I look at it through those lenses of where the producers are saying, we need to get rid of this queen. Who do we know can send her home? Yes. And I feel like that is what happened with, with June. Yeah. Because Alyssa's uh, talent uh, was horrible. And while they liked her look, they felt it was in contrast to who she presented in the account, which I didn't realize that was part of the challenge, but it was something that came up. And, yeah. uh, yeah, she got worse critiques. And so in, in theory, she should have been in the one in the bottom. Uh, there's yeah. also some, it, it, it happens throughout the judges panel, but, uh, in particular, there's one where, she, uh, when RuPaul 
is talking about cornbread. Uh, Michelle had said something about cornbread, which was true, actually, that the way it, she hadn't proportioned correctly. And so she did look, her head looked super tiny on her yeah. body, just the way it was proportioned. And RuPaul, you can tell, actually agrees with Michelle and is setting it up, but they edited it. They did a really rough edit where it makes it look like she, that RuPaul's agreeing with Lizzo. Uh-huh. Uh, and that happens throughout the judges panel. You should watch out for some really look at the edit. The edit's pretty sloppy and you can tell they cut people off to make their opinion seem one way. Maybe, in, in fact, that's probably the way they said it was to justify why cornbread won. Um, because it would show RuPaul criticizing cornbread. And, yeah. um, so they, it, it, there's a lot of that kind of editing throughout the entire judges panel. You should watch out for it. Anything else, Taylor the Latte Boy? No, that's it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each and every episode, each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14. So for Tate of the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Taylor has another podcast. It's called Pod is My Co-Pilot, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen and Zach Birch. Very special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Agnesia Chopinska. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Coco San Pedro, Declan Prosser, Drew Brooks, E. Smith, Emma, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Jesse Harris, Lauren Eckert, Lionel Campbell, Lucy Carrasco, Luke Stamen, Nicholas Springham, Poppy Woods, Ricardo Herrera, Sarah Yu, Tom Bombs, Travis Newlin, Troy Anderson, Zach Nelson, Corinna Williamson, Elizabeth Timmer, Nikki Baker, Robert NYC, and Alexandra Six. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. Today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.